0: Welcome to Happy Healthy Whole, a show dedicated to helping Black women approach healing and life by selecting a holistic approach to their self-care and wellness. I am your host and creator of Self-Care for Black Girls Collective, Sharia Farmer. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey as we talk healing, coping, self-love, and so much more. so i am so excited to have future dr terry here with me as we talk about generational trauma and we talk about the different impacts on our community i'm going to let her introduce herself and i am going to be quiet as i walk a little bit and you guys get to know some of our guests more than you get to know me so terry dr terry future Dr. Terry, take it away.
1: <laughs> Hi, hello, hello, hello. My name is Terry Tanisha, future Dr. Terry Tanisha. <laughs> and I like to call myself a track unicorn because I love to help Black women and their families um, in- improve their relationship with trauma or at least overcome their relationship with trauma and break those generational curses. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist based in Atlanta, Georgia and yeah yeah, <laughs> and
0: that's it that's me okay so tell me what brought you to the world of therapy
1: um so I would say that I wanted to be a therapist since I was in 10th grade um 10th grade was a little bit tough for me because you know I was bullied and um I had a lot of at home adversity going on my mom was a single parent um, and so coming from a system of trauma that I don't even think that she recognized that she you know was a a, a survivor of trauma I'll put it that way because mm-hmm. I don't like to say victim um, but being a, a, a survivor of trauma you know she parented um, and not the best practices she was abusive mm-hmm. and you know, things like that, and she didn't always make the best choices, and okay. so during that time, in combination with, um, you know, school stuff, I just wanted to be, I knew that I wanted to be a therapist, because I knew that at that time, I needed a therapist in my life, mm-hmm. and so um I was really big on working exclusively with kids, but as you get into the field, um you know, I I connect with my ancestors. So my ancestors was like, nah, sis, like, you're not just going to (laughs) work with kids. You're going to work with Black women. You're going to help heal other moms heal their trauma. You know, so that's how I got into it. That's awesome.
0: So your own life experience led you down a healing journey that ultimately helps you up
1: other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does.
0: Tell me uh, a little bit about your practice and the types of, well, I heard who you see, but tell me the type of work you do in those practices.
1: So um, I see Black women um, and their children exclusively. Um, Right now, I'm transitioning, I guess you would say, to a group practice um, because we're, we're growing and I'm also becoming very familiar with the need for self-care because I can't push self-care. And, and <laughs> not all do it the people. yourself. <laughs> um, right, right. So um, I've passed on some of my, my you know clients on to um, some of the therapists that are um, interning with me. Okay. Um, so I see, like I said, I see black moms, um, black women, Um, And children, on Saturdays, we do something called lit lit hikes. So right now, I'm in my neighborhood. But normally, on Saturday mornings, I go to um, the closest or I don't even want to say the closest. But I go to the different nature preserves in Mm -hmm. um, Georgia. And we go hiking. And as we're going hiking, I provide uh, uh, an experience. Um, So we get lit. Um, like, so I, I just, I know that when you go to the preserve, it's supposed to be very calming and <laughs> all of those things, but I'm very loud and disruptive. So that's how I, mean. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> So, you know, we play music and um, I have my little microphone and I just, you know, just loud, like get people energized and excited. The mom's energized and excited, the kids. And then I create a space midway through, I create a space for me to ask questions based on the topic. So like last week, we talked about creating a safe space Mm -hmm. and being in um, a position as a mother to hear your children. Because a lot of times we say that we're listening or we hear our kids, but really not listening to them.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: We always think that, you know, mama knows best. And not to say that we don't. I mean, that, you know, we don't know best, but sometimes we are projecting our inner child onto our kids and so you know we talked about that so it's just little topics that we um we discuss each Saturday and I mean it always it grows and grows and grows so I'm really excited about creating that type of space for moms okay so, tell me, a little,
0: so tell me a little bit about what brought you to the work when it comes to generational trauma
1: Right. So, um, so, um, like I briefly mentioned my mom, um, she was abusive, single mom. Um, my parents got divorced, um, much younger and, you know, there's always that belief, um, that our, the, the trauma that we experience or that our parents experienced, it has to be recycled on mm-hmm. through the generations. And last year, actually, so in 2018, I gave birth to my daughter, Harmony, um, Mm -hmm. and I learned from her, thank you, I learned from her to be fearless, um, because my experience with trauma put me into a space where Mm
0: -hmm. I always
1: suppress myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there was someone that crossed the boundary, said something to me, did something to me, um, I would always be like, it's okay. You know, very, very passive. And if you, you know, if you know that the body naturally has the fight, flight, um, freeze, Free. submit and attach responses. And, you know, and I think that a lot of times I I submitted and then my, in 2013, my mom passed away from breast cancer. So then I was looking to attach um, to other black women that were older than me so they can become like a maternal figure Mm -hmm. and when I couldn't find that 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 reliable source then I became angry um so yeah so it was just like a lot of trauma that I didn't heal from from losing my mom um and just my childhood experience then like I said when I gave birth to my daughter she was born she so at 19 months sorry 19 weeks gas station um I ended up finding out that she had down syndrome and she had an open heart valve she had a missing heart valve and a hole in her heart and you know at one point I was going to terminate the pre- pregnancy because one of the things that I had developed was this thought of perfectionism mm-hmm. um, and because my mother wasn't here it was like oh I have to do all the things to make her proud Um, still trying to you know be perfect perfect and feed on Mm -hmm. that inner child of validation and so what ended up happening was when I saw my daughter um all of that just kind of went away Uh and since then I mean she was like she had her little setbacks like I'm being put on a feeding tube Mm -hmm. things like that but um, I was really Im- like it was really adamant about not allowing my trauma to be her trauma.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and then last year, I gave birth um, to my second daughter, Lyric, and at two months. Oh, I love this. Thank, <laughs> love you, <the> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. I love the names. I love music, so this is perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait until we have our boy. But <laughs> but um, at two months. She passed away from SIDS and so to I went into this. It's okay. It's okay. Because I, one thing that I've learned is that you have the ability to recreate your, create meaning um, from your experience. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so a, that's another thing is that I'm a narrative-based therapist also. So I'm really okay. big on creating meanings for your experiences or reconstructing the narrative. So, you know, where Mm -hmm. after my daughter passed away, it was kind of like, all these bad things happened to me because maybe I'm not good enough. You know, like I was starting to tell myself all these negative things. And then I had to recreate that story and recreate the meaning of her passing. So with Lyric, I learned to be self-accepting and really be self-accepting in terms of, understanding that I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. And there's like this beauty behind imperfection and confusion and chaos. There's this imperfection. I mean, there's these, like this power behind it because Because freedom. Yes. Yeah. It's like you become extremely liberated when you Mm -hmm. realize like you can recreate yourself over and over and over and over again. And everything is going to be just fine. Like, you don't have to be perfect for anyone, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. Just, just be yourself. So I, it took a while for me to learn that. 32 years, to be exact. But, <laughs> um, but the, the reality is that I really, 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 really love being able to um, just help other Black women get past their their, their thoughts, those negative thoughts that keep them from being able to realize that regardless of what you go through, like you are still enough. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And part of self-acceptance
0: is also acknowledging and having feelings that are real, but understanding that how you frame them in reality is going to help you move forward.
1: Absolutely. So
0: not not mm-hmm. that the story has to be false, but the narrative has to include the emotion and how you dealt with it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. that way you can know when things trigger you, you have a resolution or you have something that you know you can do to take care of yourself right, right in those moments. So, right. So when you talk about narrative therapy, because I use it a lot, I, I work, well, I am currently transitioning from seeing clients. So let me say, okay. I work, <laughs> so I have to start speaking in the present. But part, yeah. pr- predominantly my clients are adolescents. Um, and so um, usually they are people of color. So Black and Latinx uh, adolescents have been my primary client. Um, mm-hmm. And then their parents, obviously,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I
0: believe in the full system.
1: And Absolutely.
0: so part of what that means when we're doing narrative therapy, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do with younger people because It helps them to reframe, right? Yeah. But it also helps them to express by actually seeing the full story in a way Mm -hmm. that they couldn't see with their trauma. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about how were you able to get to that self acceptance in a way that sold the full story.
1: Um. So I mentioned earlier that I can I like speak to my ancestors, Mm -hmm. and it was um, it actually started. So last year, after um, my daughter passed away, I had this client and she had actually um, was in the process of moving from Georgia to Florida Um, and me being ignorant. And that's exactly what it was, ignorant. um, When we would have our session, she would say things like, you know, she was drinking moon water and she was receiving this healing from the moon um, and, you know, she was um manifesting through her crystals for her to create something new and it was like i think with me for her one of the 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 problems that i had again ignorance was because she was saying these things and me being the the non open minded therapist that i was i was mm-hmm. like moon water like no you just need to take these skills that i'm i'm giving you <laughs> and as as and, if the,
0: like as if that's not a skill too but go
1: ahead right, <laughs> sorry you need to take these skills that i'm giving you morning. and because whatever you're doing it's not really working like you keep repeating the same behavior and like and so and so she said okay she was like well i'll book my next session and she never came back oh, wow. and um and I had to like really have a moment and be like, dang, what I should have done was, you know, and of course it wasn't, you know, it's dry cut like that because in there, like, I'm that type of person, um, you know, <laughs> but it was definitely one of those moments where it was like, well, let me look to see what moon water is. Let me see what, how this, how crystals can heal you. And mm-hmm. once I did that, that, open up Pandora's box
0: um for yourself huh? for oh, that's good
1: I'm um, reading for myself mm-hmm. um and reading. and then one day um one day I had watched this Netflix documentary called um in our mother's garden on Netflix and I don't know how I ended up watching it um mm-hmm. I like to say that it was my ancestors that was just kind of like watch the documentary uh, you know, that's story. not what i was going to do. right and once i watched that documentary man like it just opened up a whole new world for me and i i know in the documentary they started talking about like black women black feminism black trauma um what we learn as black women as it relates to trauma and one of the one of the women said um, I come from a family where when we have, we experience trauma, we just don't talk about it. Absolutely. And I had to pause and I just cry and cry and cry because I always felt like if you talk about your trauma, then it was a sign of weakness. My mom was one of those women who um, would say things like, girl, you don't need a man. Look at me. Mm-hmm. I don't need a man. Um. <laughs> You know, she would make it seem like she just had even, to do everything by herself. Even though she wasn't so, finding joy in it, right? Absolutely, no joy, no joy at all, none. Um, You can you could tell by some of the decisions that she made, um, mm-hmm. by her behaviors and, you know, and it was just kind of like an awakening where it was just like, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want that to be your experience. Even though I work really hard to not be like my mom, I think watching the documentary like completely put me on a whole different game. Whole so first off, road. that's an
0: amazing documentary. So if you haven't checked it out, you yeah. should. I, re- I was refusing to watch it at first because my mom transitioned in uh 2019. And so oh it was God. really fresh. And so yeah. when I watched it I will say it was actually like I think I watched it uh, again because I think everything happens for a reason. I, I think did. I watched it around Mother's Day unintentionally and mm-hmm. it really kind of settles your spirit around the reality of even our mothers are human.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: so in being human and even accepting ourselves the imperfection in what they gave us is what they knew. And so Right what they knew doesn't make it right and so to hold on to it and to pass it down becomes about what are you willing to break what are you willing to challenge yourself mm-hmm. with that is past just the surface oh you know I'm not gonna be like my mama but then you just like her right <laughs> and so right. really going deeper requires you to actually go deeper into your own spirit and so and that's a, a beautiful mm-hmm. documentary and plus I fell in love with um Oh my gosh, what is her name? She was giving food to the ancestors. Uh God forgive yes! me. I, oh my gosh. I, yes. I will drop a name in on the i mean on the visual version of this people. But uh <laughs> what I know is that some of those traditions and some of those passing downs have been in our culture. We just don't acknowledge them out loud. And to watch a generation change that mm-hmm. narrative has been a beautiful thing. And for me, yes, I feel like. No matter what your background is in terms of the religious portion, the spiritual portion is about accepting what truth really lies within us that has been passed yeah. down both around resilience and negative experiences, right? Because it, it takes both to see the full story, not just one, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's my, this one might be me because I just went into the woods, so I got a little broken up for you.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I can hear <laughs> Okay. I can give you, I'm over here like having a Holy Ghost moment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: because it's, it's just, it's, um, it takes a lot of work to see the full picture.
1: And, most times,
0: and most times, trauma creates black and white, right? How we think, mm-hmm. how we process, how we make decisions. It's very, this mm-hmm. equals good, this equals bad. In reality, life is gray, right? And right. Gray, gray is a freeing place because it allows you to actually see that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, Black, you know, eight. you don't have to be the story that you told yourself all these years. You can change it at any point, but that grade mm-hmm. to get there, mm-hmm. that's where I'm about to go next. Visit to- selfcareforblackgirls.com. Selfcare for Black Girls is a collective created and curated to help Black women design a plan to support their healing and wellness journey. Again, visit selfcareforblackgirls.com, a holistic approach to self-care and wellness. Okay. That gray to get there is a lot different.
1: So tell us, how did you get to the gray? Getting to the gray actually looked like, so once I watched the documentary, um, realized that I didn't know anything really about <laughs> my family, where we came from, any of that. All I knew was the trauma stories. Oh uh, my gosh. The, the little bad things. Um like that's all I knew and so you know it was really important for me to recreate the narrative of not knowing um mm-hmm. and so I let everyone know like hey I'm going on this family tour um <laughs> and I- to collect stories oh and my I god on- absolutely love it yes I went on am not I went on Etsy got this big book and you know I think some people would if you look at it you would think it's a book of spells but it's (laughs) actually um a book that I'm going to write the family history in absolutely I get it so uh, tradition says
0: that that is actually a part of our narrative in terms of folk yes. stories and sharing them and, te- and put and handing them down. So what you're right. doing is recreating the legacy that was already Absolutely. in our souls. So go right. for it. Go, go for right. this. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine because when you're <laughs> for you to even get to that that level of work and thinking, you have to figure out yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So I'm the queen of journals. I be buy journals just because they look cute. Don't me too. Have- oh mm-hmm. my goodness. I'm, I'm like,
0: I, next time I'm in Atlanta we have got to get together. (laughs) Yes,
1: Yes. but I mean, queen of journals. And, you know, in that moment, it was like, write your story. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started off with, you know, with writing my story. Um, Just so happens that during that time, um, I actually was starting chapter one of my dissertation. Um, And, you know, I said to my chair, My chair, you know, again, fearlessness, right? So my chair is this younger white guy. um, And then my reader is this older white woman. And then I forgot what the other person is, but um, I've encountered him. His name is Dr. White. And he's an older white man, very (laughs) ncu like anytime we would have meetings like he would have his ncu hat on the ncu insignia in the back like <laughs> so, just doing the
0: most sir just doing, doing the most
1: <laughs> um but he's dope as hell i will say that though he's awesome. super, um <laughs> especially for him to be an old white man because that like that is one of my one of my things was you know working with older well working with white men because they didn't know their power and privilege mm-hmm. so i had this conversation with my chair and I was like, listen, through my dissertation, I want to tell my story. So I use um, attachment theory. Um, Absolutely. I mm-hmm. also use um, post traumatic slave syndrome by Dr. DeGroy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and what else? I use narrative exposure therapy as a theoretical framework in my work, in my dissertation. Ooh. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Give it to them. Yes. so I started writing my story so before and and you know and I think that you know um it looks different because more central I push every single damn boundary that there is so in my dissertation I started telling my experience with white people how I've always feared white people um because they didn't know their power and privilege I I, I translate that to how I felt like white women were evil because they were actually the, the mastermind of slavery. They kept things going. Um, mm-hmm. Even when the slavery the passed away. Right. <laughs> even when the slave master passed away, they would just, you know, marry another white man that would continue this the story of slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote that. I wrote my experience with adaptation and my mom, you know, saying um, to my white first grade teacher, Miss Wills, never forget it. Um, that I was, she agreed with me being weird and, um, all these things, like I wrote all of that in my dissertation as I was going through the different, Mm -hmm. um, the different, I guess, sub chapters of my dissertation. And, you know, the way that I outlined it, um, everyone on the board was like, or my committee was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. You're a genius. And so I don't know if you've ever heard of um, portraiture by Sarah Lightfoot. I know she has a hyphenated name. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes.
0: Go Porputure
1: ahead. is not used in social sciences for At all. At mm-hmm. all. I'm using that as my me- uh, methodology awesome. for um, chapter two so i want to paint a different picture of what black women looks like um i don't want us to be because if you look at the research it's always pointing out the negatives of black women black community um they, they highlight our resilience but they don't really capture our story
0: and most yeah. of those
1: researchers. Because the resilience allows them to continue the narrative
0: of hurting us. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And so I'm using portraiture, and um, I already have artists on deck because you don't want me to draw nothing. But (laughs) I already have an artist on deck that will help me capture these stories, um, both visually, and then of course I'll do the, you know, the written piece. The written, yeah. But you know, I want to, but in that you have to be very raw, authentic, mm-hmm. and be true to yourself and what your story really is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So when I'm saying, oh, you know, when people ask me, are you okay? I don't give that. Oh, everything's fine. I don't give that story anymore. If I'm not okay, I I'm ain't good. I'm not okay. Yeah. I need help. And that's all yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need y'all to be uh, friends right now. Get over
1: here. Right, right. So I think that, you know, that's how I got to this space was being really open, vulnerable and writing my story and being able to look at it back and say, like, this is where you started and this is where you are. And this is not even where you're ending. Like mm-hmm. you, you're going to keep going.
0: Absolutely. So that's how here. I got there. Awesome. Awesome. Right. So, uh, so I have so many questions, but I'm going to try to stay on topic here because, you know, this ain't about me. It's about so the, the whole, <laughs> not the me. Um, I'll get you another time solo. Right. But uh, <laughs> so tell me, okay. what are some of the things So I heard you say you acknowledge what you're really feeling? I heard you say that you reach out to those who you know will be your solid ground in terms of they ask you if you're okay. You, no, I'm not. I'm going to get you over here. Tell me what are your keys right. to self-care? And I'm going to come back to one of the things you said at the very beginning. And I think I want to make sure we acknowledge what that is. So tell me a little bit
1: self-care. Okay. Um, so one thing that I, and I do it for me, um, because my husband is, 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 is not into any of the things that I'm really into, but um. <laughs> That's okay. One of the things that I do every morning is I get up in the morning and I meditate and ask my, my ancestors for guidance. Um, I also write,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: even no matter how buffoony it might sound, I say, you know, Dear Mary, or, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, write, um, I also write letters to my daughter I have a garden in the back of my house. Um, so I have a garden. I go walking on, you mm-hmm. know, just just for me. Um, and music. Man, the power of music. is so strong. So um, whenever I'm not okay, um and I really don't have like a, a huge support system, which I know I need to work on that. But, mm-hmm. um, but I do have some systems of support. But when I know that I have the the tools in my my toolbox to get me through, I'll turn on music. And when I'm feeling sad, I have a dance party. It, it's okay, absolutely. I, I can't dance for nothing, but in my mind, I'm I'm dabbing and and that's right, you the, the dance queen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but I mean, those are how I practice self care and also set boundaries. Like be extremely firm in boundaries and recognizing, like, no, nah, fam, you can't do that. Nope, mm-hmm. not doing that. Um, and and not folding on that because I, I've, you know, again, passing down these messages through family, my grandfather, anytime that my grandfather and I have a conversation at the end, he always say, be sweet. And for years I connected that to, to internalize it <laughs> for you. Yeah. Let people cross your boundaries. Don't say nothing. My grandmother was also extremely religious. Um, my grandma was a definitely a, a praying grandma and she would be like, you know, um, when somebody does something to you, you turn the other cheek. Um, and, and so again, creating that message of submission. Um, mm-hmm. and now that's how I practice self care is just saying no and setting a boundary, and, you know, and and being real, firm, and true to myself. Yeah, and that also includes setting boundaries
0: on yourself, right? Some of the things oh, that absolutely. you said yes to, some of the things that you say no to, have to also be about what you want in your bigger future, right? Right, and so. Right. If you know that you are trying to reframe, then that also means how do I reframe it so that it also works on my behalf? And sometimes that's telling yourself no. Right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's being honest and saying that no, I don't need this right now, but I can sure put a boundary and say no to me so that I can have it later.
1: Right. So, mm-hmm. that's
0: mm-hmm. so walking and talking as we do that. One of the yes. things that you said earlier was that you do your lit. So next time, I'm in, again, next time I'm in Atlanta, and I come often because my siblings are down there now, so that means I got to come. Because uh, oh. actually, I want to come. Let me not say I got to. That means I, get, I want to come because we are close. Um, right. And so the, uh, the thing that you mentioned about the lit hiking, so first off, I love that idea. You Thank said you. I, you like, the freedom of loudness. Yeah. Um, one of the things that our voices as Black women has always been muted. And when I say muted, we think that when we see the characters of our, how they display us as loud and angry black women, we see that as our truth. But many times that in itself is muting us because we're trying not to be that person. We're trying not Mm -hmm. to see ourselves like our ancestors. But one of the things which I just wanted to acknowledge is that the freedom and loudness is about also representing who you fully are at all times right but it also right. is about it's also about releasing right when you are when you are filled yes. and you have to code switch where you have to switch to be in front of this person and that person all of your days just to get through a job there's certain freedoms that we mm-hmm. get from mm-hmm. just being ourselves and that's not saying that we're loud but it also says that we're releasing right and part of releasing yeah. is turning mm-hmm. that music up part of releasing is being in a group of women and celebrating loudness together as if it is who we are and as if it belongs in our culture. There is nothing that they can say about us that can only be negative. It's used against us, but it is not negative. And so unmute yourself, get loud, be proud, be a Black woman who can have a voice and be okay with that. Are you a Black therapist looking to reach over 38,000 Black women in one hit? Go over to selfcareforblackgirls.com and join our directory, get your business listed, and start reaching thousands of Black women today. Again, visit selfcareforblackgirls.com. So just wanted to acknowledge right. that because when I heard you, it, I was like, "Yes, get loud! I wish I was in there."
1: <laughs> you know, i I love I love the explanation. Um, I, I will say, I, and I I tell people this all the time that i feel like a lot of times my ancestors are working through me and i don't understand it mm-hmm. um i just do it that's and right I do it without, I, and that's where i said that fearlessness peace comes in because I, half the time i don't know why i'm doing some of the things i'm doing i just let you the, just know they right yeah <laughs> i just let them take over and like it's like they are and like i hate to say possessing but it's like they possess my body and I just do, you know. You and it, it, it works. It works all the time. And and then when someone brings it to my attention, well, you know, when you did this, this, and this, like when I played the music, um, I, I even well, when I say I hired a DJ, it's really my husband because um, he <laughs> DJs. I love it. Oh, That's fine. That's hired DJ. I hired him to create a mixtape every week, and I mean, we turn up. So much so that I was like, okay, so I'm going to get different speakers and we're going to be even louder. And, (laughs) you know, and, and, and I, but I noticed that when I had the music going, going, a lot of the, the kid, the the daughters were in a space of like, oh, like and their parents, their mothers got to see them like yeah (laughs) you get to be you (laughs) right and so when we were talking about creating a safe space and one of the moms she said you curse because she was cursing while the song was going on and she was like you curse and she was like morning 12 so she's like yeah mom like y'all curse too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I could only laugh, you know. And I was like, "But that's that's what I mean about creating a safe space where you can unapologetic, uh, unapologetically
0: be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that self look okay to you, right? Yes. That that freedom belongs to you, and you are allowed to look different as a black woman. You are allowed to celebrate differently. Good morning. How are you? All right, good. Yourself. Good. <laughs> but allow, allowing yourself those freedoms to have to learn and to reframe but to also create what's new, but also familiar right. to your spirit, right? Because there's no, yeah. there is no awakening without the sleep, right? And so when we think that's about awesome. our ancestors, we are looking at what belonged to us in the first place, right? And mm-hmm. what belonged to mm-hmm. us was more than just a story that is muted and a story that's muted right. and in violence, right? More than just right. the trauma that comes along with you know, the pain that was inflicted on us. And so yeah. so I, I don't use the word curse when I talk about generational uh, trauma for that very specific reason as a way to honor mm-hmm. my ancestors, mm-hmm. right? Because they did not ask to be harmed and inflicted which also meant that they did not know what they were going to be passing down. So it's not a curse. It's a trauma and it's an intergenerational trauma specific. And I also feel like the concept of curse comes from a very Puritan thinking, which means that my -hmm. my ancestors didn't get an opportunity to even be holy in this country based off of that. Right. And so you can't say I'm cursed more than I am intergenerational trauma being passed down because that's all I know. right? Right. And so but that's neither here nor there. But I say that because I think we don't realize what we're doing until it's done. And so I commend you for being able to allow yourself the freedom to be a vessel, to be someone who will be willing to flex their own belief off of something that was literally something you did wrong, right? Which means that I can be corrected and I can learn new and I can give it to others as I learn it too. And I don't have to wait to be completed for me to help heal. right? Right. And so I commend you in so many different ways. I know that as you continue on your journey, I really hope that you come back to share with us and maybe we'll have a closing towards the end that can kind of talk about some more healing and just some tips that they can do around, you know, how do they reframe that story? How do they get in the right type of therapist? You know, how do we create a new legacy, is what I like to say when I talk about it, right? How do we create a healing legacy versus a trauma legacy? And so I thank you for being our first guest on this season's uh, Walking with Sharia. We started doing it virtual because of the pandemic, and I continue to do it this way now, just because it allows me to reach a lot more people. However, we also Mm -hmm. still I'm going to go back live for those who are listening in or in the Jersey area. I will be setting up a schedule. So if you want to join me outside, you can. And I just hope that you continue to walk with us, talk with us, and to continue to heal and make sure that you take care of yourself. All right. You want to give us your information before we go?
1: Sure. So you can actually find me on Instagram at at trapunicorn. And M- love it, <laughs> C- name um, um, you can follow me on there. You can also follow me on um, at Unicorn Coaching Academy. Clearly I am you. Um, <laughs> all right, Dr. You Terry, future Dr. Terry,
0: you're breaking up. So, I'm gonna <laughs> ask you if you can if you can re give that. I heard the unicorn trap, but then it went all the way out. So, try it one more time okay. for us.
1: So at Unicorn Coaching Academy. Okay. Um, and that is another Instagram account. So you can follow me on Instagram and I always invite, um, send an invitation to send emails. So um, you can email me also at hello at Terry Tanisha DMFFT. So Dominic Man Frank Tom. <laughs> um, dot com so those are the ways to reach me and absolutely
0: and so before we close i want you to give one thing for them to walk away with today
1: from our meeting
0: or from our talk
1: right so um i think that is really important for you to know that you have the ability to recreate your story um just like what was said earlier, you know, I like to use the language of my clients and generational curses will, was the language, but I think that that's a powerful thing, knowing that it's not a curse. Um, and so just really recognizing and knowing that you are enough um, and that you have the ability to recreate your story over and over and over again. And even if that means coming up to the cookout and reintroducing yourself as somebody. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> <do> that. <laughs> recreate that story um, and recreate yourself. Be unapologetic
0: about it. Absolutely. I will come into a cookout near you. reintroduction time (laughs) I love it so Dr. Terry I or future Dr. Terry I'm sorry I am so glad that you came on as always we enjoy to love on Black women and so I will make sure to put all the information that she listed in a way for you to link to Dr. Terry in our write-up and or on our podcast so thank you for joining us at Happy Healthy Whole and I want you guys I want all of you all of my beauties to be well.